Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best of your sports talk. For Tuesday, April the 2nd, I'm your host, D.A., and we look ahead to the Final Four on Saturday. And while all of the schools in the Final Four are worthy of our attention, Michigan State and Tom Izzo's search for a second national championship, eight Final Four attempts. You have Texas Tech and Chris Beard, one of the most remarkable turnarounds in the nation. On the other side, you've got UVA, the Virginia Cavaliers, and Tony Bennett following the worst loss in NCAA tournament history and coming back to a Final Four. And Auburn's first trip to the Final Four as well under Bruce Pearl. All of these things are worthy of our love, except there's no Zion. There's no Zion Williamson, and that's what everybody still wants to talk about. Zion is obviously going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Is it possible, though, that Zion might prefer to play in a specific destination? Could he possibly rattle enough cages to mark where he wants to go? Here's Christian Leitner, former Duke great himself, who joined Boomer and Geo on WFN in New York. Uh-oh, Knicks fans. I guess he is considered a three or a four, but can really do anything he, he wants on the basketball court. So where do you see him fitting in on, in the NBA on, on that level? You know, I don't really see him fitting in anywhere. He's a basketball player, and he's a very good basketball player. There's times when he looks like a point guard out there. There's times when he looks like Shaq out there. There's times when he looks like Charles Barkley out there. So he's someone that can get a big rebound on the defensive end, push the break like a guard, and then dunk on you like the best dunkers that I've ever seen. So that's positionless. I think he's going to do very well. And yes, he does have to develop a little bit more of his jumper, but if people give him space, he's so explosive and bouncy and he has so much skills that he can get by them. And as soon as someone gets tight tight to him, he can get around him because he's so strong. So he's an unbelievable talent. I think he's going to do very well. You know, it's interesting. I just want one more question because it just popped in my head. So many are saying that maybe R.J. Barrett's going to be a better pro or maybe Cam Reddish will be a better pro. I don't know what they're watching or what they're looking at. Your sense is that this kid long-term is going to be as good at the pro level as he is at the college level, one of the greatest college basketball players we've ever seen. So you agree with me, Boomer? You you don't understand what they're looking at because you think Zion's going to do very well. I, I I'm hoping that the Knicks get him. You know, we want you know as Knicks fans here, we want the Knicks to win the lottery and we want them to get draft him number one. I think he's a billion dollar player for a franchise that has been lost for the last twenty years. I totally agree with you, and I know some stuff came out yesterday where they weren't sure if his family wanted him to go to the Knicks and all this other stuff, yeah. but. 
Oh, don't say that. Please Jeez, don't the say Knicks, that. The Knicks have to roll out the red carpet, and they have to do everything they can to get this kid. He is must-watch TV, as we all learned over the last two to three months. He's going to sell out season ticket holders. He's going to sell out the garden every night, at least until they go 16 and 60 again. Well, hopefully we But I don't, I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> um, and whoever wants him, they better try as hard as they can because I think he's going to be a, an immensely impactful player in the NBA. So you don't think that we're talking to Christian Leitner in studio and you say roll out the red carpet. It's really not up to them. They got to get the first overall pick with the ping pong balls. Do you think that Zion Williamson, from what you know of him, is a guy that would force his way out of the Knicks if the Knicks ended up with the first overall pick and wanted to select him? That can't happen, can it? You know, I don't think he's like that, but we all heard some stuff yesterday, oh, you know. God. Who knows don't what do his, this to me. Who knows what his parents want him to do, but and and I don't I don't like when kids demand to be traded and I don't like when kids you know tell you where they want to go um I never did that when I was in the NBA uh I never wanted to be traded first of all because I think it's great to be in one organization your whole career because that means that you're a good player and they want you I think the Knicks or somebody's got to try as hard as they can to get this kid. Let and, me ask you this from this perspective. As a former NBA player, if you saw the Knicks got the number one pick in the draft, you knew that they were going to pick Zion Williamson. Now comes free agency. The Knicks have uh, space for two max players. Does that have an impact on a player coming to New York to be able to play with a guy like Zion? Like Would that, like, yes, would that make a big difference, say, to Kevin Durant? Of course that does. If you know the team that you're going to or you're going to be drafted to has extra cap space to get another good player, that makes a huge difference, yes. But I would love the – I looked forward to go to play for the Timberwolves when I was drafted mm-hmm. by them because they weren't doing well, and I looked forward to the challenge of trying to make them a little better. Now, it didn't, it didn't happen, <laughs> but I looked forward to that challenge just like – the reason I went to Duke over North Carolina was because Duke had not won a championship, you know, in by nineteen eighty eight and Carolina already did. So I wanted to go to the school where it was a little bit more of a challenge to do something great for the first time. Do we have an Eli Manning situation where Zion Williamson is only gonna go play in a specific place where he wants to go play? I got a tough time believing that, only because if it does end up being the New York Knicks Is he going to say no to the biggest stage in the league, maybe outside at least the Lakers? Is he going to say no to being a potential legend at Madison Square Garden? It seems unlikely because maybe you would say, okay, the Phoenix Suns, they're a disaster. But then he would team with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. That's a pretty good place to go. The Chicago Bulls, would he not want to play in a place where Michael Jordan suited up once upon a time? It seems as though that's unlikely, but even throwing the idea out there has got to terrify Knicks fans. (sighs) <sighs> no Zion this weekend either way, no matter how you cut it. And the guys on Mad Radio on Sports Radio 610 in Houston, feeling it. I feel after this Final Four a little bit empty this morning, and I feel empty because we will not see Duke and Zion Williamson in the Final Four. Am I right to feel this way? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong to feel a certain way about sports. I get that. I'm a little bit surprised that you could form an emotional attachment to somebody so quickly. I know. You're, you're acting like we're missing out on Michael Jordan's last year of college or something. I When I watch all these guys watch, like when I watch Kenny and Chuck and Magic Johnson watch their alma maters, I think, okay, yeah, you spent multiple years at those schools, and like the fan bases got to form 
form a relationship with you and they saw you grow from year to year. With Zion Williamson, no, I uh, people are like waxing nostalgic about it, like a like a like a great leader from history just died or something. You're gonna see him in the NBA in a few months, like in a few months. But here's the thing: whatever NBA team he's on, unless he goes to the Knicks and they sign Durant and Kyrie Irving, it's gonna be a team where most of their games don't matter. So you might check them out on a Tuesday or Wednesday night on TNT, like, all right, here, how's Zion playing? But most of those guys play on really bad teams, right. obviously. Here and here, here's part of the reason I feel this way. So watching the end of that game, I don't know how you felt. Once Zion hit that lefty layup for Duke to go up by, I think it was three point, I think it was three or four, whatever it was. I thought they got this, they got it. It was like 90 seconds to go. It was right before Michigan State had like the putback and they put and they closed to within one. It was that moment I thought they've got this game, and then Michigan State just stole the game with their next two possessions mm-hmm. and their defensive stand. It just felt so sudden for me. It felt so sudden the way it went down for Duke. Yeah, it, it, and look, it's over, and it's it's so sad to see a, a team like Duke, which really just goes through a lot of adversity, go down. But <laughs> it's it, hard. I mean, it's like a bunch of guys that just picked themselves up by their bootstraps. It's tough, and, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just fought for for like a like a full six months. They had to fight to listen, get to the, the spot where they are. It's a hard scrabble university. They don't have a lot of funds. They don't yeah. usually get this far. I, I mean, mean, you got to feel sad for them. They have a high academic standard that you know they have to fit their players into. And, you know, when you're part of establishment, it sometimes is difficult to just maintain the status quo of underachieving in the NCAA tournament (laughs) like Coach K has been doing a whole lot of recently. But uh, I am disappointed that this is the last of Zion Williamson that we're going to see in college basketball, guys, because, you know, you think about it. I really like to see a player that's playing just as an amateur athlete, you know. I really like the amateur nature of sports. I think, you know... When you're in a tournament and you're making billions of dollars, it's really, I think, just so cool to see guys that are just playing for the love of the game. And that's Zion Williamson. Fantastically virtue signaling is what we're doing on, on Mad Radio. Uh, no, I honestly we're feel learning, this way. We're learning what virtue signaling is. It's which a theme is like, of the show. No, this, is, this is what I guarantee you. Nobody is actually all that worked up about basketball players not making actual money in the NCAA. Very few people are actually irate about I it. I want them to play but another year love, without making money. They love pointing out the hypocrisy of it all. Like, oh, it's just it's a damn shame and whatnot. Yeah, all right, great, fine. Let me uh, virtue signal some more. You can go play in Europe. Basketball, I don't worry about. Football, it's a, football Football is a different deal. Football, it's like more punishing on your body. You have to do it for three years, and it's not viable to go and play out, play in Europe for a year or anything. With basketball, it's like you could sit, Zion Williams could sit out a damn year and still be one of the top picks in the draft. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand why there feels like there's a little bit of air that's been taken out of the balloon for the Final Four. The entire season was built around Zion Williamson, and he was so captivating, so magnetic. Everybody just was dying to see what he would do next. That to not have him in the crowning games of the college basketball March Madness tournament does feel a little hollow. I would agree with that. I feel after this Final Four a little bit empty this morning. And I feel empty because we will not see Duke and Zion Williamson in the Final Four. Am I right to feel this way? Uh, But if we look at the other side and the amazing stories of guys that are there, are playing, are coaching, how about Tony Bennett? I mean, this guy's taking a lot of slings and arrows. He was the head coach of the worst upset in tournament history, and only one year later, he's at the Summit. He's in the Final Four for the first time in program history since Ralph Sampson in the 80s. Here's Gary Parrish on 92.9 of Memphis and just how amazing that fact is. 
two of these schools are in the Final Four for the for the first time. That's Auburn and Texas Tech. Three of these coaches are in the Final Four for the first time. And that's Tony Bennett and Chris Peard and Bruce Pearl. And each of them is a remarkable story be for, for different reasons. With Tony Bennett, you know, he's a guy who had been a number one seed in the NCAA tournament multiple times, never got here. He's a guy who became the first coach ever to lose with a one seed to a 16 seed. And now a year after that, he's punched it through uh, to the Final Four in what was probably the game of the tournament and one of the great games uh, that we've had in college basketball in recent years, that Saturday night game between Purdue and Virginia where Carson Edwards goes banana. It goes bananas, 10, 10 three-pointers, 42 points, ends up averaging like 35 points in the NCAA tournament, ends up becoming the most outstanding player in his regional, despite his team not winning the regional. And that made him the first person to do that since Steph Curry in 2008. That's how awesome he was. But because of a missed free throw, slapped the ball into the backcourt, incredible pass back up the court from Kihei Clark and Mamadi Diakite making a shot at the buzzer. That game goes to overtime instead of Purdue winning in regulation. And then Virginia wins in overtime when Carson Edwards commits a, a turnover. And at this point, I'm sure you've seen, uh, if you're on social media at all, the pictures of Tony Bennett on the ladder, holding the net, sort of screaming with his arms in the air, um, eyes closed. And I'm sure there's joy in there. Like he was happy. He appeared happy. But more than anything, it looked to me like a guy who was relieved. Somebody who knew he would no longer have to carry around that weight of best coach to never get to a Final Four. Of coach that's been a one seed in the NCAA tournament three different times, but still never been to a Final Four. Uh, Tony Bennett is now a Final Four coach. You'll never be able to ask the question that people have been asking for years now. Can the style of play actually get to the Final Four? Can Tony Bennett actually coach a team to the Final Four? The answer is yes and yes. We now have evidence of it. It's a remarkable story and good for him. Uh, Chris Beard down at Texas Tech. I've talked about him at length on this show and on the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, but he is off to one of the great um, Division One head coaching careers that you, you could imagine. Like, whose first four years are better than his first four years? He had the one year at Little Rock where they go 30-5, and five, beats Purdue in the round of 64 of the NCAA tournament, takes Little Rock to the second round of the NCAA tournament. In the three years before he was the Little Rock coach, they were a sub-200 Ken Palm team. In the three years since he's been gone from Little Rock, sub-200 Ken Palm team. One year he was there, inside the top 60, won 30 games, and advanced in the NCAA tournament. Like, to me, that's all you need to know about the guy. Little Rock is garbage now, after he left, and it was garbage before he got there. But the one year he was there, it was one of the best 50 or so teams in the sport. you got to give the Cavs credit, because in that first game against the 16-seeded Gardner-Webb, they trailed. They trailed by double digits. And we all said, could it happen again? Could it possibly happen again? Could UVA lose a second year in a row to a 16 seed? Now, they ended up buzzing through there in the second half, but certainly Virginia looked vulnerable. But look at all of the hurdles they've gone through just to get here. And then the way they beat Purdue in one of the most remarkable March Madness games we've seen in a long time showed that they've really got some guts and are authoring an amazing story and route to the Final Four. 
Bryce Harper makes his return to Washington, D.C. Just three games in. Hey, baseball, you want to build drama? Make this later on in the year. But Bryce Harper, now Philly, goes back to Washington, D.C. to take on the Nationals at his old stomping grounds. And so what will the reception be there? How do the D.C. faithful think about Bryce Harper switching teams in the division and cuddling up next to the Phillies and the fan base in that city? Well, the sports junkies on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. have been critical of Bryce Harper. They basically said, so long, good riddance. And we've heard Angelo Cataldi yesterday in Philadelphia waxing poetic about how great Bryce Harper has been in his opening weekend. One of the most remarkable, electrified, magnificent atmospheres we've seen in our city since Super Bowl year. And so Angelo Cataldi went after the sports junkies, and the sports junkies then played Angelo Cataldi on their show it's Sports Radio on Sports Radio Crime on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. All right, so here's the deal. We wanted to talk about why a Philadelphia radio show called us a bunch of morons. We haven't right. actually heard the whole clips. Valdez and Drab have heard it. Here's a little background. Angelo Cataldi has been a morning show host in Philadelphia since 1988, the year we graduated high school. So he's been going on for a long time in Philly. Now... If you just Google him, you can see all kinds of stories about Angelo Cataldi. Yeah. But when it relates to Bryce Harper, the big one is when he was apparently meeting with the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. And he had been rumored to be going to Philly, but then all of a sudden the Giants got into the mix. He told his listeners he was forming the Dirty 70, which was a nod to the Dirty 30 formed to boo Donovan McNabb. And he said when he returns to Philly as an opponent... He will receive our full wrath with a boo like nothing he has ever heard. Believe it. So he said that on a Thursday morning, and then the next morning, he changed his heart. Oh, he's a flip-flopper? Yes. Oh, okay. He said, I was only saying that as a threat to him. He clearly heard it and made the right decision. Can I I get worked up a little bit more, though? I need to hear the audio. Okay, to do this properly, I need to hear the audio to get worked up. Let me me hear the sort of the initial... Accusation. It's a radio war, everybody. <laughs> I do might they care agree, enough I might agree to even with boo? That's the they question, do, right? Yeah, they care. There's a lot going on Good. in D.C. today. Yeah. I'm going to let you hear some of the fun stuff that we have. Now, they have a show there called, uh, hold on, the Sports Junkies. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. They, they should be called the Sports Morons. Right, hold on for one dumb. second. We just hold on for one second. Good I don't want to get too carried away. <laughs> But, but he knows exactly. I know, he, knows, he knows exactly. Let me check to see what the name of the right. show he is. He knows exactly the name of the show. Right. I don't want to get too crazy, but I know Angelo Cataldi, and I promise you, he knows the sports junkies. Right. I promise you. They are the same dumbbells, Al. <laughs> the, the stage, we have Chad Dukes on there, afternoon guy. He's right. terrific. Yeah, he uses some These language. These four though. morons. Oh, my <laughs> God. I swear, if Al, it's like having the three stooges and then one of the other guys that played Curly. Right? Yeah. You could have like four of them there. All right, stop oh. for a second. That's, so, that's pretty, such pretty an funny. old reference. <laughs> funny. I don't even <laughs> get it. Well, I, I'll what do you expect? The guy's 75. I never watched the six Stooges, four Stooges, three Stooges. I used to get size for I the three watched. Stooges. You used to get size. You right. did. When did, it, when did they have it? When I was two? Like, <laughs> the three Stooges? They, they were prominent like, in the I don't know. I don't know, 40s or 50s? Okay. Maybe? I, I would just... Guess. 
I'm sorry. I mean, right I, when, the, when TV was invented, what? basically. Hold on, hold on. They started in 1925. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not really hip. Right. And this idiot is throwing out Three Stooges references. I guess his entire audience is 75 years old. Hey, yeah, don't forget dumbbells. Uh, yeah. He gets bonus on 65 plus. Does he? Does he? Listen, it's all more. God Once bless him. All morons. Shem. You're missing Shem. But, but that's this all. is going to be awesome. <laughs> all right. So Where? let's bring on from the fan in Washington. Washington. Now, let me give you the name. Is he really talking that way? That's how he sounds. He really talks that way? This is Philly He's actually from, if you look this at it. This is where Bryce chose to go. He's hiking up Philly. He's actually from Rhode Island. Right. And he's a Yankees fan. I don't know anything about him. Well, listen, he's got to make a living. I don't blame him. Look, when it comes to Philadelphia, you're either for or against them. And if you're against them, you know that they're going to be coming for you. You know that they're going to line you up. I've felt this wrath myself on social media. So everybody that wants to take their shots at Bryce Harper, including myself, we are all on alert because Philly's going to come after us and laugh in our faces when he does well. But let's face it, this is just a... Temporary solution for Philly fans because it can't all be candy canes and lollipops and rainbows for Bryce Harper. With that contract and that length, it's a nice first three days, but there's a long season and 13 of them straight ahead. Good times in Philly, bad times in Boston. The Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox all take it on the chin over the weekend. Here's Dale and Keefe on WEEI in Boston Lamenting a lost weekend. Boy, did that suck. What? I don't mean the open. I mean the whole weekend. <laughs> I was say, Rossi does a nice job no, with no, those no, opens. the open was fine. Yeah, I the mean, weekend, we were talking about on Friday oh, how there was like a thousand games. games. Like, oh, hours. so much. How'd they do? How'd, this, how'd the squads do? Uh, they did what two happened? and five. Two and five. Not great. Not, oh. a, not ideal. Not great. That deal. was awful. Yeah. How do you like your pitching staff? <laughs> David Price, Best the nation the turns its lonely eyes to oh you. Oh, my God. Well, they were saving him on purpose. You know, just in case things were kind of going off the rails, here comes David Price, World Series hero, starting uh, game one of this A's series. Yeah, the starting pitching was terrible. Bruins get smacked around. The Celtics, after a great win on Friday. Nice. Very important win, great win. Friday was good. They're like, hey, Kyrie, you can Once sit down. Once we got to Saturday morning, it just went to hell oh in a handbasket. It was just a, a disaster. Yeah, the uh, it's funny because I don't think that spring training means anything. I really don't, and I still don't. However, I'm starting to be swayed a little bit because last year... You're having second thoughts. Well, yeah, because the Red Sox had the best record in spring training last year. And we said, I believe, quote, yippee skippy. Like, who cares? And then they went out there, and they were unbelievable. This year, they had the worst record in spring training, and they're off to a terrible start. You know, the bats have been fine, but the, the pitching staff has been atrocious. Just a Abysmal. Yeah. And yet. And yet. Oh, here we go. I'll make the argument that the Bruins had a worse weekend than the Red Sox did. I mean, at least the Red Sox have 158 more games to figure this thing out. That's you know, true. They can sort of straighten this thing. The Bruins, Bruins are, are headed for the playoffs. Limping on the way in. Well, it's about time. Boy, did that suck. You know, this is a city that's got six Super Bowl championships over the last 20 years. They've gone to three others. They got four World Series trophies, the most recent of which was last October. They've got a NBA trophy as well. They've got a Stanley Cup trophy thrown in there for good measure. 
I mean, if the city of Boston has to take one bad weekend, I think they'll survive. Not, oh. a, not ideal. Not great. That Dale. was awful. Yeah. And finally, in the Bay Area, we just kind of assume that the Golden State Warriors are ramping up for yet another run at another NBA Finals, another NBA Championship, and perhaps in the offseason, things end up disbanding. Kevin Durant perhaps leaving, maybe even Steve Kerr retiring. A lot of stuff is on the table. But for now, I mean, they're fine, right? 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 Here's ESPN Radio 1320 in Sacramento and the Rise guys. Maybe not so much. Several times in the last three weeks, I've thought, okay, here it comes. They're locking in. Only to be completely wrong when they then go out on their home court and get, you know, some, take some awful loss or lose composure in a key moment or play a quarter in which they just barely show up. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though, I mean, everybody who watches them knows, boy, if they put it together. Yeah, if they put it together. Warriors if they clinched, put it together, they're unstoppable. They clinched the Pacific Division crown. Is that a thing? No. Then you're going to have to tell them at the Golden One to take down the Kings Pacific Division banners. Take down the Kings Pacific. Are they listening? Pacific Division banners. Are they listening? I think listening. it is a thing. For the Warriors? A little bit. No, it's not. I mean, it's a small thing. Nothing like, I'm not suggesting they should put banners up. They've got, they've got real banners mm-hmm. denoting world's championships. Many of them. They've got many of them. It's actually, I'm Kings not, have one. I'm not picking at the Kings. I just think that the whole, the NBA decided a long time ago that the divisional stuff doesn't matter at all. So if the NBA, the, the sanctioning league decides that divisions aren't worth a hill of beans, why would I care? Now, in all fairness, Steve Kerr said that Cousins inadvertently hit Hernan Gomez in the head the closed fist, and he said oh, there wasn't any malice intended. I, I don't know how Steve Kerr would know that from what I saw. Like I said, I think DeMarcus isn't even fully aware of what he does sometimes on the floor. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a lot closer to the truth to say that, that DeMarcus didn't care either way. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate Kerr having his players back, but I don't think DeMarcus cared whether it was intentional or not. He was just throwing a high arm. You don't even have to call it an elbow if you don't want to. He just threw a whole arm at somebody's mug. It's like, all right, you want to play physical? Let's play physical. But he's the biggest guy on the floor. Halftime Warriors led 71 to 49. Their 15th 70-point half of the season. Well, absolutely. They're good for it, right? I mean, there's no question. They can get up and, uh, and they're starting to, the other thing is in wins and losses both, they're starting to score in Frightening bunches, which is what happens when they get really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, they, they, to me, the, the losing composure, having a fractious locker room, thinking the refs are out to get them, um, thinking the media is trying to stab them in the neck, all that stuff all put together doesn't mean anything if they play the basketball they're capable of. They're going to win the title. Mm-hmm. They're better than everybody in the league. They will win the NBA title. If they just stay together for a month, they'll win the NBA title. A healthy Rockets team can can beat them. Okay. I mean, drag Harden through the playoffs to the conference finals. I'm assuming that's how it'll play out seating wise. Yeah. And tell, me, and tell me, yeah. And tell me what you think. I mean, if Harden's going to play every game <laughs> the Rockets play and record minutes, and he's completely their key to victory and they drag him through the playoffs, I think the Warriors will I know the, the Rockets have played them close, but this team is not the Rockets team of last year. That team had defensive integrity that it's taken this team all season to try and build back.
I've said this this year all along, and I stick to it. No matter what they look like in the regular season, whether it's injuries or boredom or apathy or fatigue, whatever it is, maybe it's lack of chemistry, whatever it is, it is temporary. Because as long as the Warriors play together, they'll win an NBA championship. They can't not. They can't avoid winning an NBA Finals as long as they play together. That much is obvious. They're just too talented. They're too experienced. They're too well-coached. They're too everything. So that's all you need to know. And whatever happens until then, I think it's all just inevitable that they're going to end up having another championship parade. But there's at least hope for the rest of the league that maybe there's something really wrong with the Warriors, and that's enough to give people the belief and perhaps it's not a foregone conclusion. That's the best in your sports talk. It's Around the Dial. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.